Well, hello everybody and welcome back to our 10th episode. We made it. Da, 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 da. Sorry, I thought we needed an intro. No. It is. It's episode 10, which I think we're naming Triumphant, Triumphant 10. 10. It's a good name, isn't it? It really is. And we've got a special um, guest for you in today's episode. Uh, it's going to be a good one. We're talking about lots of, lots of interesting things. Fashion industry... What else do we talk about, Dan? The fashion industry, employment, challenges as a disabled person, make or break moments in our careers. Gosh, the list is endless. In fact, this is possibly going to be the longest podcast we've three ever hours. done. No, it's not three <laughs> hours. It's not three hours, but it's possibly the longest podcast we've ever done. So do you know what? Stick your feet up if you can. Make yourself a cup of make tea. Make yourself a cup of tea if you can. Grab some biscuits because we've got them in front of us. And we'll see you on the other side of this shiny musical interlude. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of Life Downloaded. Can you believe we've got this, Faust? 10 double figures. Like I one am... and a zero I at know. the same time. I'm so impressed that we haven't killed one another um, or, you know, kind of said, this is enough, can't work with you anymore, had a diva moment. But we made it. We did. We made we did. it. I feel like a pat on the back. Well, yeah, I, I can just about do yeah. that to myself. There we go. Pat on the back to myself. And to commemorate our 10th episode, we have a very, very fabulous, glamorous guest with us. We have beautiful, I want to get your name correct, Alexandra, how do you pronounce it? Kutas? Kutas, yeah. Kutas, there you go. You sounded much, say much more elegantly than me. So you have given me a run for my money because as our... Um, listeners, if you if you listen regularly, uh, know that I make zero efforts. I'm normally greasy hair and pajamas. I've kind of actually washed my hair today and put makeup on, and I'm really glad because Alexandra is sat here in a beautiful outfit with stunning red lipstick. So I feel a little bit like you know threatened by this. I might need to go. Aww. I might need to go for like a a, a little a quick break, go to the bathroom. <laughs> And like come out, come out in a completely different wardrobe. But anyway, um, welcome, welcome to Life Thank Downloaded. You. Well, you look fabulous. Too. Oh, bless you. She's lying completely. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, welcome. Thank you so much. And I hear that you have only been in the UK for a year. Yeah. Or in London, specifically London. Yeah, specifically UK and London. Same. Yeah, Amazing. Year. You're a newbie. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like it, but yeah. No, that's what London does to you. It takes your soul and drains you. That's why I don't live here. That's why I don't live here, everybody. And and just for the record, I'm not looking that glamorous. I'm sat here in a Glastonbury hoodie and ripped jeans. It's all right. I I did shave, though. You did shave. That is more than my life, right? That men just need to shave. Roll out of bed. I'm fabulous. Exactly. Roll out of bed. That's all right. Put a bit of deodorant on. I mean, even sometimes I don't even do that. Um, So, for our lovely listeners, um, who the heck are you? 
what are you doing here? Why have you gate crashed our episode <laughs> 10? Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm just here for, you know, like free, snacks. Free and food. Drinks. Yeah, snacks and drinks. Uh, I, I don't know. I just uh, feel usually when people introduce me at the events, when I give a speech. Yes. And they list all the things that, you know, uh, I've, I've done. You've feels, accomplished. It feels like, oh, God, you know, is, is that about me? It feels very, you know, not like surrealistic in a oh, way. Oh, yeah. No, but I get that, though. I, I'm, I'm quite modest. I don't like people kind of being nice about me in a weird way and when they say so so I completely get that I get a little bit shy but you are a model yeah world's first and there you go so you are a wheelchair user so this is really fun I've got a tiny little flat and there's three wheelchairs Mm -hmm. so proper wheelchair orgy going on right now I absolutely love it so yeah you are originally from the Ukraine yeah um what's life like like when you have a disability in the Ukraine What's that Ukraine, like? Not the Ukraine. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, correct me. Important political <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, please. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so Ukraine. Uh, yeah, I'm originally from Ukraine, a city named Dnipro. I was mm-hmm. born there and raised there and basically lived my whole life there mm-hmm. until the last year. Uh, life in Ukraine is uh, uh, makes you, made me who I am, mm-hmm. let's put it this way. And uh, it's it's challenging in many different ways, but at the same time, it's the country which uh, is also quite young. Mm-hmm. We got our independence in just 1991 mm-hmm. uh, from USSR. So it's the place where, in the way, a lot of things is, you know, difficult to change. But in the other way, it, it is possible to make something very, very new and mm-hmm. very, like, Boof, something very unusual. There's that opportunity there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, so it, on the one side, it's very difficult. On the other side, there's a lot of uh, niches that you can, mm-hmm. you know, uh, do things in. Um, yeah, I, I was very blessed to for my parents' attitude that... Mm-hmm. Um, because I had a birth injury. Okay. So I never worked. I never walked in my life since... Um, and um, they decided, they made a decision in 2000 to, you know, send me to regular school. Okay, the mainstream school, yeah. Yeah, which which was very new back there. So I was the only kid in a wheelchair in the whole school. Wow. And uh, my, my school wasn't accessible, but uh, I feel like that age when you're like six years old, and um, I was the only kid with disability in my class, but no one ever had any like issues, issues questions. No one ever. No one had. Actually, it was funny because after graduation, I realized that during my whole life, and you know, no one really asked me why I'm in a wheelchair. Wow. Because they just they saw did. me from from the way you know. Everyone when they're like six years old, it's just and they go to new environments. Everyone's just scared. Of course. Everyone's just you know little scared kid, and uh, so they just knew that Alexander is you know just the way she it's is. You. See, yeah. that's really interesting. I mean, I Dad, I don't know about you. I went to quote unquote right at the beginning of my school uh, year, so four or five. I went to a special school mm-hmm. um, because that was just where they put us all. You know, to assess where we were, and it just wasn't wasn't the right school for me. There were, I was with a, a mix of children, but mostly with um, children with learning disabilities, and for me that was quite hard because communication was was 
very difficult. I had a physical disability, and then as I, uh, they then said, no, this isn't for you, so I went to a mainstream school mm-hmm. when I was about six. I came a little bit later, but like you just said, like the kid, if they described me, it would be Sam with the long blonde hair and the silly glasses. I used to have really stupid glasses when I was a child. That That's um, a picture for Instagram. I know, right? they, I'll have to dig it Find out one. for you. Find one. Yeah, but it was only when I went to high school, so I had to go to a completely different high school to everyone because the... The primary school that was linked to the high school I should have gone to, that high school was not accessible. It was a very, very old-fashioned um, school, and they, there was another school that was more accessible. And as soon as I made that transition, about 11 years old, um, I if you did, if you asked the kids who I was, they'd go, the girl in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's this whole um, question of... You know, uh, where does racism come from? Where does discrimination come from? You know, it's probably from parents who indoctrinate children rather than the children themselves. Because as you've just said, you know, you were just you and no one ever really questioned your nature. Because they were exposed to it right from the start. So Exactly. How about you, Dan? What was your your early experiences like? Yeah, I mean, mine were very similar to yours, to be fair. Um, in the fact that I went to a specialist school to start with and then at sort of five they turned around and said no mainstream off you go Um, and I was you know one of the first people in my local area to go through the school Siri didn't quite get that Siri Siri didn't get that no, Dan, Siri... is a, Dan loves his technology he's, he's going to be the first like bionic human i can guarantee it i do so there you go you've now had four people in on this podcast <laughs> the three of us siri and siri they're listening. they're listening the government's listening indeed uh let me turn siri off yes please turn it off there we go <laughs> so we can get back to our podcast <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so i went to mainstream school um at four or five and again I just, I, I honestly can't remember my early school years. They obviously didn't affect me that much. Um, Which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, it, might, it might also be the fact that I've had too many bumps to the head being Maybe. a wrestler. It could be either or. Who knows? You've, all, you've blocked it out completely. Yeah. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I went to mainstream school. I do think, you know, some of it is nature and nurture. And I think the thing at, like, five, six, mm. four, five, six, kids aren't aware of, of difference. No. And I think by the time you turn 11, you start to become aware of it. Yes. Whether, whether that is nature or nurture. Or external pressures. Or, external or feeling pressures. self-conscious. Indeed. You know. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't... For a long time, I was the only disabled kid in school. But then, like, others followed. Um, Every time someone says that, I just think of, I'm, I'm the only gay in the village. Yeah. So I'm the only wheelchair in the village. Yeah. I, absolutely, I absolutely love it. But in, in all honesty, like, I really didn't meet that many other disabled people no. and, until my no. adult life. Um, and now look at you. I know. You sat in a room full of them. I am. <laughs> and they're all better looking than I am. It's terrible, terrible. Hey, we all, we all do it all right. <laughs> don't worry. But it was, it's interesting that you say your parents were very um, encouraging and um, that kind of shaped who, who you were. Because I think um, we're all of a similar age. And I know for a fact that I didn't have many role models with disabilities growing up. We were the only 
wheelchair users in the village, so mm-hmm. to speak. So there wasn't anyone to emulate or anyone to say, you know, you can do it and you can strive and you can achieve. And we're all sat here and we're all not to be picketed. We're all extremely successful in our own fields, despite mm-hmm. everything. And I was just wondering, you know, your parents obviously pushed you and were, were a positive influence on you. But what else? Because I genuinely remember being very, very young and just not understanding when people said no or can't or shouldn't or wouldn't. Like, I genuinely didn't get it. I thought I was, like, the dog's bollocks. I genuinely thought I was amazing. <laughs> I, I was borderline narcissistic as a child. Like, but I don't see that as a bad thing because I think that's... Giving me my edge now. Yeah. But this goes back to the whole thing. And my parents, although they fought for me, my parents were very introvert. Mm. Very like, like you know, wallflowers. So you where know? did you come from? I know where the heck did I come from. <laughs> but my sister was very um, singing, dancing, you know. And maybe that helped because I can, in, can, can't even speak. In competition with my sister, mm. who was one of them really annoying jazz hands. You know, like on the American TV show, going, I am amazing, and I can sing, and I can dance, and I do judo, and I'm like amazing. And <laughs> um, so, what about you? So, apart from your um, your parents, because obviously you've already said in your home country it was a challenge when you had a disability. I kind of want to know what was that turning point where you're like, do you know what, son, it, son, everyone, I'm going to do this, or do you think it's always been in there? It's been an innate. Uh, drive it's a good question because i've been quite shy when i was a kid and uh i I would say the confidence and all this uh comes uh, you know comes with the time and Mm -hmm. um also on the parents point i think one of the biggest since everything you know it's like everything wasn't accessible there was nothing which was really accessible there was uh so it kind of made me not to care about it uh, at all because okay. you know it's like it, it wasn't oh you can go here but you can't go here because you know here is accessible here you is just not. go anywhere you just can go <laughs> anywhere so you stop to care about these obstacles yeah. and you're like you you in a way I think in a positive way it's taught me not to see the obstacles mm. because mm. If, there are, if there are obstacles everywhere, everywhere all the time you just stop to care about them yeah. Um, in terms of how did I find it, I think it was much more for me, like always, about the purpose and mm-hmm. about, um, it's like, you know, if, if I'm in the room and you need to go in front and speak with it, like in front of everyone, mm-hmm. it's uh, not because, you know, there are some people who are capable and happy to do that just because they feel like it, mm. just because there's something in them that pushes them, to, you know, they feel really great to be in attention. And I feel that... Hashtag me. <laughs> yeah. And I Take feel two. that only once I'm very confident about what I want to say. Mm. Like, what, what, once there is something inside of me. Yeah, it's of like, course. Oh, here we go. This is, this is something which I, you know, really want to do. Yeah, you can't just say. be a token, can you? I suppose that's what you're saying. I, yeah, so yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is what came for me with my like modeling career and mm. about the role, role models uh, I I've never seen like anyone in a wheelchair growing up and there was no like a 
you know, in a wheelchair role model, no. as well as in the fashion world back there. Uh, I've never seen anyone like in movies or in no. TV or in the, you know, like advertisements, Maybe, yeah, magazines, magazines or anything like that. Uh, but, I, you know, thinking back right now, I don't know, it, it's, um, I feel... I still didn't feel like, oh, if no one liked me there, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not sure I shouldn't be there. There wasn't, there wasn't no. a line in my mind. But something which um, really uh, pushed me and inspired me was uh, when, uh, after my first photo shoot, I really felt like, uh, I describe it, I felt more alive in front of the okay. camera. Uh, because I felt you can express anything you, you want, any emotions, mm-hmm. and... Uh, then see the beauty of it and that was kind of like a very amazing experience and i remember how i thought oh maybe i would want to do it more i would want to do it more often i would I, it's something which i really enjoy and i started to look it up uh, if there is anyone you know with a disability and um in the fashion world and there was just one thing which i found back there um which was more like 10 years ago mm-hmm. I was Emily Miles in 1989 okay. with the, as a runway model for Alexander McQueen's show. Oh, wow. And uh, it was so beautiful. I was just stunned by he made for her a special out-of-wood prosthesis, mm-hmm. which matched very beautifully with her dress and mm-hmm. outfit and the whole look. And I, feel, I think like what struck me the most is how, while she was walking on the runway, like no one... Could ever think that she had any kind of disability mm-hmm. because she was just a beautiful woman Model, yeah. and uh afterwards when people like found out that uh you know it wasn't a special uh you know like pants or something that was like mm. her, her out of woods protesis legs and it looked even like cooler than yeah regular legs and uh i felt like i love that this is this is exactly what i love about it how she was just incredibly beautiful the way she is and in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that inspired me. And from that moment, I started to have a dream to do a runway show where someone would be able to look at the, you know, woman in a wheelchair and feel the same way as I felt when I was looking yeah. at that uh, runway show of Alexander McQueen uh, with Emily Miles. So this, this was something which I would say was a big inspiration and motivator for me I felt like this is uh with someone done you know in similar fields but I I, mm. I would want to find people that we could do it our way so there's one thing going from you feeling inspired and being determined how did you then transcend from that being your dream and, and your drive to convincing the fashion world to let you knock on their door or was it? Go on that runway. Yeah. Like, what was your first big break? How did that happen? Were there any challenges, you know, that were really glaring that, you you know, people closing doors in your face? Or, or, or do you think that you've had... Because I always think sometimes my achievements have just been pure right place, right time, pure luck. And I find it really difficult mm-hmm. giving other people advice on how to you know, get into the industry of acting or presenting. For me, I mean, don't get me wrong, I am a hard worker, but I genuinely think I'm a bit of a blagger. I do blag for my situation, like, you know, to get into situations. Yep, fake it um, till you make fake it. Fake it till you make it. So 
was you know like give us a little bit of detail on 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 your kind of journey with respect to how have you progressed oh i also feel it's it's about like you keep trying keep trying mm-hmm. in many different ways and then suddenly you know something finally, something finally happens work, works out um i've started from so it was 2015 i was living in a you know middle-sized city in ukraine where there was not really fashion happening and mm-hmm. um i really wanted to find a fashion designer so first i started i i, I like i decided that this is the time where i wanted when i want to do this uh and i pulled out the list of designers i chose the one that I like. I started to call them. It was, I guess it was really hilarious because so some girls... So you picked up the phone, literally. the phone, literally. <laughs> I started <laughs> to call them. And uh, actually, some of them said that this idea sounds interesting. And uh, But the, like this season, they're not going to put the runway show or something like that. Okay. So, uh, some, some brands were like, oh, this is not in our... Um, like... In our style, we're not, we're not extraordinary. We're not, not edgy. We're, we're not, not edgy. edgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so then I felt not really going anywhere with this. Um, so I, in my list also, there was the context of Ukrainian Fashion Week, people who organize it. So I decided, like, maybe I don't go directly to designers. Maybe I go to the people who know designers. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote to them and they said like, well, we, you know, we are not, we don't know who, who would want to work with you on that, who wouldn't. But what we can do is uh, we have the program where we like invite uh, girls to volunteer at the fashion week. Okay, cool. So you, if you want, like, you know, it's going to be in a couple of weeks, you can come to Kiev and you can do that. Oh, lovely. And I felt like, oh, this, this is... Stepping stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an opportunity to go and speak people out there and... So I went um, to, I had again like a list in my mind of mm-hmm. fashion designers who were known as like being open-minded yeah. or as doing something extraordinary on the runway show. And interestingly enough, on my first day I went there and uh, I, I met actually the designer who, so I, you wanted to. how I thought in my mind would be the one who will take you uh, who on? Who would be interested in? Who would be interested in the concept? And he looked at me. He was like, uh, "I think it's just a temporary." You know, he's like, "I know that the West is doing it a little bit here and there, but I think it's just a temporary thing." And the zeitgeist of the moment. So he's <laughs> like, "I don't think it's it's something which I, I guess his 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 point was uh, he doesn't think that it's something which is." gotta be on the runway it should be in the permanent you know like like we should oh break into and keep going and I he was, wasn't brave enough clearly and i was like oh and it was very uh because he was the one who i was looking yes. up you know up to you and, should never meet your heroes and i was like <laughs> oh god um but interestingly enough i felt like okay that then it's then it's not him that i should keep looking and I kept mm-hmm. looking, and this is actually a very funny story, uh, how, uh, you know, confidence and determination, I guess. So I, I told to all the other, um, you know, girls out there who working as well at the Fashion Week, I said, you know, if you see any, because there are so many guests, mm-hmm. like, you know, thousands of people every day oh. come and go. And I'm like, if you see any designer, um, please let me know. Like, you don't know who my 
the shoulder and I'm gonna go and talk to, talk them. to them. And one of the girls came to me and she was like, Oh, here's the, the designer that you like, uh, and whose name was uh, and I, I, I went to him and I'm like, Hi, uh, I introduced myself and uh, so the the funny thing is that the designer who I was looking for was the name Andre. Oh, and I'm like, oh, hi, Andre, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not Andre, I'm Andre. And I'm like, I thought, oh, that's fine. Like, if you want me to, be, to call you different, like, a little bit different, that's fine. And I kept going. And uh, he kept listening to me. And then he looked at me and he's like, when I finally finished my, you know, speech, how it's, how it's important, how we're going to change the world and stuff. And he looked at me like, I'm so sorry, but I'm really not that guy. I'm not a designer. But I'm fashion. I'm fashion photographer. Oh wow! And I think that what you, you know, your, <laughs> I, I love your vision, and I'd love to work with you Amazing. on the project. And at first, I felt so embarrassed because you know I was. You just, thought it was a different person. I thought it was different. <laughs> and actually, they look alike. Funny enough, they really look alike, and there were even like a picture of them together in the fashion industry, like you know, joking how mm-hmm. they look alike and have a similar name. Uh, but one is a famous photographer and another is a famous fashion designer. And that's when was, uh, that was a big, that actually, so again, funny enough, that night I came back home and after, I guess, all of this, you know, excitement with the uh, nervous and feeling like I didn't really achieve anything because I didn't meet any designers, mm-hmm. I cried uh, because, you know, I felt... Just a relief. Yeah, 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 just a relief. And I also felt... Uh, you know, it was that moment when you're going around if you're at the fashion week and everyone looks so fabulous and so fancy. Mm. People look kind of arrogant many times. Yeah. Uh, like a lot. Not kind of, a lot. And you look there, you look out there and you feel very, I felt very insecure mm. and I, feel very, I felt very like, you know, what am I doing here? Because I'm obviously very, yeah, I'm different yeah, from different. them. Um, people look 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 at you still a little bit with this like pity or mm, oh well like you know we we tolerate that you're here kind of okay thing. yeah yeah that kind of look and uh, you know what I told myself at that moment I was like uh, I was like well you know it, it is it is a call should I am I keep going or just turn around mm-hmm. to go back home and you know never want to go again. And then I was, okay, I'll just imagine that, I'll just think how I've been already on the book cover, it's just not in this country, and just here, no one knows about it, but I already already accomplished it. And I just need to, you know, I already know that about myself. Mm. So I just need to, you know, keep going here and talking to people with this knowledge that I've already done it. Yeah. Yeah. And that really helped. Good. And uh, that really kind of, you know, made me feel more relaxed and not to be worried exactly. about how people, you know, think or look. I, I actually, um, this is a funny thing, but I think with age and with experience, I think I stopped caring, noticing, <laughs> oh, noticing as well, why yeah. people are looking at mm. me. And uh, I guess when I was a kid, it was because it was so unusual to see mm. someone in a wheelchair. With the age, it was... Uh, actually funny enough that you know that I became famous and people were looking at me because they you know recognized, recognized me but I still wasn't noticing that yeah there was something which you know I like I, I just don't notice mm. I think you do I think with age I mean I'm 33 now and I definitely think 
my 30s have been very empowering for me as a woman and just again just not really not really caring just even little things like um not wearing makeup when i go out i would never do that mm. i mean i love fashion and i've always done fashion for me like so experimenting with clothes and gone out for me not because i wanted to prove to anyone else but thinking back to my teenage years and even like my early 20s i i would spend so much time doing things for others you know or concentrating so much on instead of investing in myself but just what others mm. thought about me and i thought goodness me if i would have like conserved that energy mm. um you know and put it invested in my own time but i think i think what you said um earlier about you know that it could have gone either way so you could have let that affect you and given oh i had that experience when i was a teenager doing acting and my teacher said to me well people like you won't get anywhere and i was 15 being 15 your already hormones are going everywhere Mm -hmm. you you know you don't feel that confident anyway so i gave up i mean i'm very grateful that i returned to it a lot later on but isn't it funny that I think what you said, you know, if someone said that to you, me now, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> shut up. Um, I don't care what you think. Um, and also, you know, going back to um, giving advice, because it is difficult. We, we have been in situations that have led to our success. Mm. But I think you and um, I, I can, and you probably can say the same, networking and taking risks and being bold are really key i think yeah. a lot of people yeah. expect opportunities to come to them oh, never and happens. that never happens no. you have to be yeah, proactive i mean dan, dan your modeling experience because you are a male model i, aren't I you, am my i am by no means as successful as our lovely guest but um i have you know been been on the catwalk for london graduate fashion week this year and you know done photographic modeling here and there at various points um modeling for me was one of those stumbling into things i was already acting and somebody said come here you don't look too bad in a stick picture um come come and have your picture taken so i've i've kind of stumbled into it and it it's not the driver of my career i've just been fortunate enough to yeah. to do some of it but you know we i think we've all had that moment of is this right for me? I remember when I finished my A-levels and I said I want to be an actor, so I went and auditioned for all the major stage schools, so places oh, really? like Central School of Speech and Drama and Rada and Rose Bruford oh, wow. and, and places like that. So when I finished my A-levels, I went and auditioned for all of those places. Mm. And um, my A-level, one of my A-level drama teachers jokingly said oh dan if only you were gay and black you tick every minority wow. box and you might get a place wow um as a, as a joke um and it was taken in good jest but that was the state of stage schools and there's still a lot well, of issues still, now, was, still a lot of issues i mean i don't even know schools. how you as a wheelchair user uh, i mean i mean even with any any form of impairment how you would access you know, institutions like RADA, who are... They're getting better. They're but fantastic, but equally... They've got very, a lot of work to do. They're very um, stuck in their own way mm. because it's such a iconic institute. It's um, essentially, um, a lot of the stage schools, and this is by no means a comment on them now, but especially when I was coming through stage, mm. auditioning for stage schools, A, 
on average, you have two and a half thousand auditionees for 30 places. Yeah. So the, the standard cool. is high yeah, to begin with. But B, also, um, they were of the opinion that can you really get work in the industry? Yeah. Because essentially, they want to be able to go when you well, you're an investment. look at all our graduates mm. that are working in TV, film, and so yeah. on and so forth. Um, so I, you know, auditioned for all of them and didn't get the place. And then I bounced for a couple of years around doing all kinds of weird and wonderful jobs. I was a receptionist at a casino. I was a receptionist for a while. It's, like it's like I don't know you at all, Dan. It's like you are this double ninja person. Oh, oh I, have, I, have many, I have many a secret, Miss Rank. Um, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> none, none that will be splashed <laughs> well, across right, the we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a late, late night live yeah. downloaded. And da, 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 we'll, we'll expose everything. Oh, I know. Yeah. 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 I feel like we can't trick you on that because yeah. it's nice and right outside <laughs> and we're drinking tea with biscuits and it's not that kind of vibe it's not that kind we'll, of vibe we'll all come back and we'll all be in a like leather s gear okay. I, I'm sure you may have leather s gear I know I'll get the cat dressed up as well <laughs> I'll get Lola sat there like a Bond villain sat there like a Bond villain but yeah no so you know I went through that phase for a year two years going you know the, the industry wasn't for me and then I lied to my parents and said, um, would you support me if I went and did a drama degree and then became a teacher after it? Never became no, a never teacher. happened. Yeah. <laughs> you but conned them I, out of their money. I did. I did. Okay. Well, I say their money. I, I lived at home and had a student <laughs> loan. But yeah, so they, but they kindly supported me and now I'm in the industry. So I think all three of us have had those moments where you've could have gone, gone either way. Could have gone either way. I think it's interesting. You wanted to touch upon um, employment in the UK as well. And I think um, still what I'm finding, even though I came to London, I didn't come to be an, a, an actor. I came to work in the charity sector from doing teaching. I was a trustee for a, a charity and I thought, hang on, I love this, but I want to get paid. So I Googled. Where are all the charities like H, H, uh, HQ? HQ's, and they were yeah, all down here. So I thought, and also I, I liked partying in London. Um, so I was like, let's you move to right? London. I know, yeah. partying. And um, so I moved, and how I got into acting uh, was a, a complete fluke. I mean, I had the passion and I had the drive, but still had that teacher in my head going, what's the point? Um, but I think um, even now, even though I've had some successful acting roles and won awards for you know, kind of films I've been in, etc. It's still hard work. And that's why I have, you know, now I'm doing radio a lot. I do writing. I'm getting more into presenting. I think you need to really look at different avenues because even though, you know, we the times are changing for the better, which is great, but it's still bloody difficult. It is. It's still bloody difficult. And for me, even like... Definitely not something which is stable. No, not at no. all. And even just on a practical level, I was recently doing a panel, uh, talking on a panel uh, about businesses and how they can, you know, improve inclusion. And I said to me, there's just, they just don't get disability, particularly in the industry, in the sense of what living with a disability is on a daily basis. Now, I know my needs are very different to yours and your needs are very different to dance, but there are still some core kind of infrastructure that we all would benefit from. So, for example, right. I, I know, I mean, right. I have 
and you know, yeah, rumps would be a nice one. You know, I've got a PA and I'm limited to when my PA um, can come to work. She's got children, etc. Now I can get to um, an audition on my own. I can go and work on a film on my own. But actually, when I rock up there, normally it's not accessible. Well, normally they don't have X, Y, and Z. So if I had the opportunity to bring a PA with me, that would be amazing, you know? Yet with the industry, they, they, are, they are buggers for literally going, right, we'll give you that date, we'll give you that date, we'll give you that date. So you've got them dates. And then they go, no, no. So we've changed it now. So it's going to be that date, that date, that date. So you go, okay, right, I've rearranged everything now with my PA. Rearranged. And they go, oh, no, no, sorry. So, like, we're going to scrap that. I'm going to do one day here and one day there. So that drives me up the wall. I even did a show the other day, and it said on the email, you can't bring anyone with you because the green room gets too full. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, okay, but what if you need to bring someone with you? Mm -hmm. Now, I, I'm fine to be going, like, hello, and bringing someone with me because I need, uh, you know, I need someone to help me. Um, but what if you don't have that savviness about you? What message is that sending out to someone going, you can't? So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would be turned off and would turn down work because of small ignorances. Because it's not, it's not doing maliciously things like that, is it? Or when I go up to an audition well, you, and there's you, one you, step. You hope not. You know, it's not done out of, well, we're going to exclude you. It's just done out of stupidity and ignorance. I think, like... I think they're the biggest barriers that I face. Just little little things that for someone like me who has got anxiety on top of having my impairment, you know, it can be soul destroying and it can really impact my my work and getting to work. And I have turned down work. Mm. When my anxiety's been that bad, because I knew I couldn't get there safely on my own, or I knew for a fact that it would be not a very good building for me to navigate through. I've just said no, and I've made up really, really, oh, I hope my agent isn't, you know, listening. But I've made up really stupid excuses because that fear of going somewhere and it not being accessible, even though I go, yeah, it's fine, mm. it's accessible. I don't know why I keep doing this weird voice. Um, <laughs> that is like your, that's your my little weird. voice. That's... That's, do you know what it is? My mum, my mum, my mum. My mum is German and me and my sister, when we were younger, used to take the piss out of my mum all the time and do like a funny little voice. I sound like a really nice person, don't I? <laughs> it, uh, we don't do that anymore. Oh, no, we do. We, so when, when, I was going to say. Go, we, go, we actually do. We always go, because mum used to drink, two, drink, drink wine and she was go, I only had two glasses. I'm like, mum, you've drunk the bottle. That's not two glasses. <laughs> two glasses. Uh, unless she's got really big, big glasses. glasses. Anyway, yeah. so yes, pick pick our brain on employment and your challenges that you're facing and what maybe we can give you some advice. I'm sure our advice might help others listening. Yeah. Ah, uh, oh God, I feel should that put you on the There spot. is a lot. <laughs> there is such a complex think in here mm -hmm. uh, because on the one side I feel uh, like in the UK specifically there is also a law and I, I got the feeling that people are uh, afraid that you know what happens if you come into work and something happens something happens and place is not really you know that accessible mm. there's a fire and they don't know what to do with you and 
So I'll leave it to burn. <laughs> do, do, you, you say that, but like, you, I mean, I've stayed in loads of hotels and it always makes me laugh that you have to fill out the evacuation plan. When when hotels remind you that you need to fill out the evacuation plan, because so many forget, even though by law they're supposed to do, to do it. it. Um, and then, like, depending on how the hotel's built, you have to sit between two fire doors and hope for the best. I hope for the best. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I have a feeling <laughs> I love it. this is just, you know, a lot of, like, sometimes they're, I think they're, you know, afraid that maybe you're not going to be that efficient. That's... Oh, we're going to be ill all the time. We're going to take lots of time off work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, it's just, I think they, you know, since the competition is high mm. and there are a lot of people who are looking for of a course. job, and especially in a city like London, so, you know, people come from all the kinds of yes. backgrounds. I mean, it, you've, you've picked a really tough city uh, anyway. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very... So I feel, you know, things are changing fast and things are moving fast. So uh, I get the feeling that people sometimes, you know, think, oh, you know, we don't, if they don't have, if they never had experience Mm. before with someone with disability working for them, they might be a little bit like, oh, what, you know, we we have to have more trouble. They see it as... Well, it's a a hassle. Let's just say what it is. They see it as a hassle. They think it's going to cost money when we know that actually it won't cost money because there are a lot of um, government organised, you know, schemes that that, that, um, companies can apply for uh, access to work, etc. that will help transform. But people, let's face it, they can't be bothered a lot of the time because of their prejudices. Mm. They assume, like you just said, that we won't have the experience, we won't be able to uh, handle the high pressure of working in an environment, would they have to put a ramp in, would they have to do X, Y and Z, will you be, you know, they're like a pregnant woman, I mean probably, yeah. you know, the only saving grace is that because we don't have sex, because we're disabled women. Oh yeah, least, never happens, never uh, happens. We will never get pregnant, uh-huh. so we will never take maternity leave, so actually, there you go. See, we, benefits we, we are really employable, aren't we? Yeah, and as a disabled man, of course, I never have sex, no. if you believe the media. No. Like, my girlfriend <laughs> might argue the point. No. <laughs> But um, but I think you're right. I think we, the creative industry, has um, changed for the good. I think there's more opportunity for us in that field because we are like the I keep saying the word token, mm-hmm. and and it is all about like yeah, let's get diverse. But then if you're just talking but about in- a bog standards office job, whatever, I'm sure there's it's still so- quite prehistoric in their thinking sometimes I'm invited as a speaker to talk about mental health and the fashion industry to different companies or about diversity and Mm. uh, I never really met you know and I come to really great companies but still I I don't see people like in wheelchairs Mm. and disabilities Mm. working out there on a daily basis It, it does happen and it's much better than in most of the countries around the world but I feel um, I, I think for me it was always also when I moved to the UK, you know, when you're living in the country where most of the things are inaccessible and it's been, you know, very, mm. very difficult, you feel like there should be a place in this world where things are really mm. much, much better and really mm. good. And I moved to London because I, I know it's one of the most mm. accessible cities in the world. 
And <laughs> beg to differ. No, I'm joking. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. I mean, it is. And but then you start to see that you know, in like so-called paradise, it's not really paradise. No, no. at all. And how how we actually, can always improve. How challenging it is. How difficult it is. Like it, it, it's just on a bit different level. But um, yeah, I, I think you're battling two things, and I would also like to say that. Uh, someone, I wrote an article on this because I work with muscular dystrophy, and they did a really good report on um, on this. And you know, people with uh, impairments submitted their uh, CV and stated their impairment, and then the same CV got submitted, and they didn't. And um, basically, it showed that the ones that did state their impairment, they all got offered uh, huh. interviews, and mm. so there is definitely that prejudice. But then, when I wrote, so I wrote this for the Metro, and the Metro they write the head, the heading of it, yeah. and I think that I don't have control over that. And I think the heading was like, "Disabled people want to work, you're just not given us opportunities." And I got quite a lot of backlash from other disabled people saying, "Not all of them do." So we also need to like have a look from playing devil's advocate. We also need to look at well, actually. There are some people within the community that, because maybe not through their own fault, because of you know being told they can't or being you know face adversity all the time, they are quite happy not to work necessarily. So I think you've got that mix as well. I think we need to encourage people with impairments to 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 go out and do things, you know, and give them that confidence. So you've got you prejudice from companies that are saying, no, we don't really want you because you're probably going to cost a lot of money. But then we've also got a, a, you know, a subsection of people that maybe are like, do you know what? No. Why, mm. should I, why should I when it's too hard? It's too hard work to face them barriers, mm. you know? So I think there's, there's different angles. And, and, and until we get a nice balance, until we encourage more people and we look at how um, people can gain higher education, um, I don't, you know, that's where the... Yeah, yeah, I think that's where we've been blocked a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's a case of there is a solid core of disabled people that do want to work. Yeah. There are a solid core of people that that isn't an option for. Um, oh, there's that as well. Yeah. But, um, but, but, you know, but then there are also people that just don't want to. Yeah. Like, just because uh, just you're in a wheelchair, just because you're disabled, doesn't mean that you're a great person and, and it's like, you know, you can no. be an arse no. and be lazy and no. not want to do something. You know what I mean? No. And use your disability as a perfect excuse to be like, no, I'm not going to get out there and work. By the way, guys, if you can hear helicopters and Oh, yeah, it's and really loud today. It's all got really loud and really noisy. So if I can't edit it out, you know what's going <laughs> on. Sorry, um, I'm just going to start eating crisps as uh, well, just to add, just to to add noise. more noise. What do you reckon? Why not? But yeah, you know, like any group of people, there's people that are going to want to work, people that are not going to want to work. Whether you've got an impairment or not is, you know... No, uh, no, no, I just felt I needed to say that mm. because when we talk about in, in, inclusion, it's always I always seem quite bad on institutions for them. They're the ones that are like excluding us when actually there's... It works both ways. Yeah, it does. But um, I mean, uh, how is it? How can you like? How do you? How are you going to pay your bills? Are you going to be independent? Well, because we've got a welfare system, and actually, you know, when you have a disability, um, you there's a lot of uh, funding. I mean, I know it's gotten harder in the past years, but there are there's funding out there that will really support you. 
mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, and you live this life. And yeah, yeah, I would say. I mean, you're not going to be going on holiday every five minutes, but I would say back me up. Like I would say, it's it's not. You know, it's 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 difficult. You you're not going to starve. Mm-hmm. You're not going to starve. It's all look. It's all relative because. If you live at, with home with parents, you might have support there. If you live in London, it's going to be higher there, you know. So you can apply for, there are, you know, lots of things. But then, having said that, a lot of disabled people are living below the poverty line, line mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, it would be very different maybe to other countries, mm. you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. So actually, in that, in that respect, um, Probably the UK has got the best plan. And don't forget, um, health care is, is free mm. over here as well. So I think that's, I know I've got a lot of friends in America with my condition and they really struggle. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we're not rolling in money and it's not like you're living, you know, like the best life. But in comparison with other infrastructures, I think the UK, would you agree, Dan? The UK isn't doing too badly. Yeah. It's not doing too badly, but that doesn't mean either that it is by any means perfect. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, but you, you're not going to... I don't think you'd starve. Yeah. It's, a <laughs> tough one. it's a tough one. I'm, I'm, not so, I'm not so strong in my belief. I think you could survive, but yeah. there is a very, there's a very big difference between yeah, of course. surviving and living a life. And I think that, you know, as much as we've said... Like in any core of people, yeah. there are there are disabled people that don't want to work. I think a lot of disabled people may or may not be scared. But this is what I'm, because, what I'm saying. Because of internalised ableism yeah. rather than rather than I don't want no, to. No, completely. But this is why we need to look at, you know, making the environment be- you know, the better. Like mm. I, I get it, like I I've been put off wanting to work because of my anxiety and because they've closed my street the other day mm. to do electrics and then I couldn't get out of my mm. home. So there's a lot going against us. But what I'm saying is it's 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 a un, it's, it's universal. It's a massively complex yeah. issue. very you know, you also you have to have an inner feeling and purpose but, of yeah. like what it Strength. is. Definitely not because uh, let's agree we all do it not just anyone uh it's not just about money no of and, course and so it's about your you know giving self-worth. your self-worth self-worth your feeling of fulfillment that you are capable of you know solving big issues mm. and uh, so maybe also if people have more experience of you know it's it's giving you dopamine like when you yeah work, of course it is you know, so once you have that already ring like even if i had an opportunity stop working ever again you know mm. I don't need it because I have money mm. um, I would still be interested in keep doing things yeah you do philanthropy you do like, yeah, you, know, like, you learn to crochet there's no way <laughs> I'm never learning to crochet I'd like to throw that out there it's not happening so there is no way that you would just you know stop no. living life yeah. and uh, I think we need you know people need to Keep pushing, keep trying, keep keep applying, uh, understand while understanding like why do you need it and what mm. exactly you're looking for, mm. and looking for the companies which are 
you know, we'll be like, oh yeah, we, you know, we be, be actually also honest about, you know, yes, I'm afraid that, you know, maybe someday I won't, you know, because the uh, train's going to be broken, yeah, or yeah, the, you know, the lift is going to be broken, I won't be able to come. Because of external factors. Yeah, because, but it happens to everyone. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure if you don't get childcare, you might have to stay at home, you know? Yeah. It's, I think it, that's another thing, like, you know, you've got to, not just because you're disabled doesn't mean we're going to face different obstacles or different challenges, but everyone's got obstacles and challenges mm. yeah. in their lives. And I think that's how, you know, we need to change the whole house society sees disability and, and get rid of those negative kind of prejudice attitudes. But I think also okay. companies shouldn't forget that, you know, once you start to work, someone with disability start to work and, they, you know, you got a good match. Mm. This person is going to be very an asset. loyal to you yeah. as well. So, you know, they're not going to, if your company has some struggle at the moment and someone offered them better money, mm. they might not just run away from you immediately yeah. at all. Because they appreciate they the opportunity. They appreciate the opportunity. They appreciate the attitude. They appreciate your, you know, understanding mm. of their value. Mm. So it's... Maybe sometimes at the beginning it might be a little bit more of investment in terms mm. of you have to think or you have to, you know, be like, oh, okay, maybe we need to, you know, check if our place is really accessible mm. and listen to this person's uh, needs mm. and, and take care of it. Uh, but in the long term, this is someone who's going to be really beneficial. You know, beneficial. And, uh, I agree. No, I agree. And just to clarify, I was playing devil's advocate earlier. This wasn't my um, my my thoughts. I think everyone it's all relative, and I think everyone's journey is very different. Mm. I just I think for me now I'm very similar to you. I meet a lot of different people, and I work with a lot of different companies about inclusion, acceptance, and and people within the disabled community. And it's been really interesting for me when people tell me what they think you know mm-hmm. so i like to i like to throw out what i yeah hear, yeah you know, you know? <laughs> before it's, anyone shouts at me no. on the podcast <laughs> when, when, when i was working on a similar project like about employment in mm-hmm. ukraine i had that weird thing when people like the companies would be like oh we want so much we're so ready we want diversity mm-hmm. we want people with disabilities and we, but just no one applies can you imagine like no one really okay. like applies and uh, and I was like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're so great and we really want to, but nothing happens. It's so sad. And then you're just like, oh, okay, so mm, that's weird. Uh, but do you understand, like, the city is inaccessible, for instance, yeah. uh, in Ukraine. So people you need to help with the transportation. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, ooh, transportation. We don't want to pay for that. Uh, we don't want to pay for that. <laughs> like, that person have to work from home. Ooh, working from home. But this is not, you know, we need the person to be in here. Yeah. And like, uh, okay, so wait, you know, wait a second. Let's go back to the conversation <laughs> we had five minutes ago. You so want to. You're so ready. Yeah. There's no one applying to. And But actually, you know, when we talk in the details, you're not that one, you know, ready. You're mm. not ready to... Think about, okay, maybe, you know, how we uh, collaborate with some kind of company on transportation, mm-hmm. how do we, you know, knock on the doors of the government and ask money for that. And they're like, oh, and and people with disabilities, you know, who had, mm-hmm. who've been trying to apply and then face this, they're just 
kind turned of off. Yeah, of yeah, course. And, and I understand like, why. Yeah, I understand why. Because yeah. you just stop to think that, uh, you know, what's the work? Like, if you're already exhausted getting to work because of X, yeah. Y, and Z, then you're not going to perform anyway. No. You know? And yeah. I think, it's, it, yeah. It's like, you know, you, you keep applying and then also people might start to think, okay, maybe... I, I would say, uh, I want to know your guys' opinion about, mm. uh, I think sometimes it's so blurry when you're applying for a job and you don't get it and and you don't really know, is it because of your experience, you know, mm. not enough? Or is it because, you know, somewhere behind the doors, they just, because uh, nowadays people have interviews on Skype, so you never see their office no, or anything. So, and you like, maybe they just talked about it and thought like, oh God, we're actually not accessible, yeah, yeah. but no one's going to tell you that? No. no. You this, won't. And this is where the gray area is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Never, you're so, never going to know. And this is so blurry because also I feel like sometimes the issue might, might be that people are afraid of that, you know, how we're going to do with of it. Uh, but the, on the other side, what people who are applying, they might get very discouraged not just because of their disability, but because more of because of how kind of professionals they are. Mm. And they're going to be like, oh, you know, if I, if I keep getting no's for mm. my uh, CV and for the things that I'm applying, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm, you know, maybe my degree is not enough. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm not that smart. Maybe mm. I'm not so good at, maybe I'm just not good for that job as, as a professional, you know, because not just because, oh, maybe people, you know, and this is so so blurry to me. It is blurry, and I don't think you'll ever know. And I think if you were to turn around and say you've discriminated against me because I'm mm-hmm. disabled, because um, you don't get to see the other candidates, you yeah. know, um, and there might be someone absolutely more amazing mm-hmm. than you. And I think this is where oh, the, the, what I've been hearing again, doing a lot of talks about inclusion. Some people, and this goes for race. Gender, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people who maybe don't fit in that box and they get their nose put out because they go, well, actually, I've got better qualifications. I'm more prepared for this, but you have gone and got the person in the wheelchair or you've gone and got the black lady or you were, you know, because you need to fit a quota. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think this, this is where we are now in society because mm. People are now getting a little bit scared of not being inclusive and they are maybe going for people because they tick a box. Yeah. And this is so blurry, right? This is so blurry. Because sometimes they don't give because they're afraid. Yeah. And sometimes they do give because, you know, they just want to take all... Yeah, because they're afraid as well. Yeah, because they're afraid (laughs) as well. So... This is just like God, you know. Where where are we? It's heading? a mind fuck. That's my yeah. Opinion. Where are we heading as a society? When when it's going to be more maybe transparent way of treating people, you know, in on their profession. And again, like how do you, how do you, how can you know for sure if You're someone is really yeah. good for this job? Actually, yeah, you well, don't. Like, how, how Proof do you, is in the pudding, as like, they say. Yeah, like. <laughs> Uh, people say that yes, this all these interviews and uh, it's 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 already we know it's broken. We know it doesn't yeah. really work. We know that after you know someone can be extremely charming mm. and know how to talk. To yeah, talk, talk. And uh, someone can be 
very shy, but also really have very good qualifications. They don't know how to present themselves. But this in the is it, exactly. And this is why it's important that we understand the invisible disabilities as well, yeah. particularly when we're looking at someone with autism, you know, who would not necessarily, well, who might not do as well in an um, interview environment. Yeah. You know, or someone yeah. like me who has got the gift. Mm. of the mouth you know <laughs> might exceed that but i think it's really interesting i don't think you'll actually ever know that's the sad thing um i don't know about you dan i mean you work for equity don't you i do which is um the trade union for actors and performers and a lot of not entirely but a lot of the entertainment and performing arts industry um and it, it is a challenge and the issue is it's always a double-sided coin because yeah. there you could give the best performance, especially in our industry, mm. you can give the best performance on the day, but our industry is one of the few industries that if you don't look like people want you to look mm. like, they can go Doesn't matter how good you are. And they can do that entirely legally. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So, so it is, it's a challenge. You know, um, when I was in India, I, I, as a model, I was signed with a modeling agency over there, and I worked there for three months. And uh, so I had a situation when my booker would come to me and she'd be like, oh, you know, we got a call today. Someone saw you on our website, and they were like, we love her so much. When is she available? We have mm-hmm. this campaign coming up, and mm-hmm. we just really want to have her. How much? When? now we yeah. want and um she's like yeah and they started to discuss the business and then she, where the photo shoot is going to be there and she's like oh so the place is accessible for the photo shoot especially you know it's india uh and they're like accessible wait a second and they didn't realize i'm in a oh, really? yeah they they saw mostly of headshots and they kind of mm-hmm. didn't like read didn't Wait, read yeah. about me so and and they when once they saw some picture in the wheelchair, they they thought maybe it's just well, 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 a prop. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, and and once they found out that no, she can't stand. No, she she you know, even though probably the photo shoot, you you wouldn't even include. Mm-hmm. You know, you could it could be a headshot, yeah. But they just immediately turn it down. But I think there is a clean cut discrimination there, isn't there? Mm. But I think um, not every situation is as obvious no. as that, and I think this is where you get into the grey area. I think my advice for people is, you know, um, it if even if you think that it might be because of discrimination, um, don't let that kind of put you off applying i think that's the only advice i'd give is you know this is the thing is like with equity i often talk to companies and big companies and small companies Mm -hmm. and we're talking huge companies in terms of entertainment and media um they go it's not possible i then turn around and tell them they're talking absolute bollocks and it is entirely possible and we're, we're at a state, especially when it comes to disability employment as a whole. Um, you know, there are lots of similarities across minority groups where we all face similar challenges, be that race, gender, whatever. But I am very firmly of the opinion 
that disability is in fact the furthest behind mm. in terms of its progression as an equality movement. And it is. It is. Um, and it's a fact of it's it's scary for employers, but it's not as scary as it is as they think it is, and it takes people like us in this room and deaf and disabled people all over the country, all over the world, that aren't, aren't necessarily <laughs> in the media to go, we can do it, this is how we're going to do it, this is how we're yeah. going to change it, this is what I need. And it's sad that we're at that point, but we are still very much at that point in 2019. Yeah. Um, so I applaud all the deaf and disabled people that are out there, whatever industry you work in, no. that yes. that are making the strides yeah, to tell yeah. to tell your industry that you yeah, know yeah. it's yeah. absolute trash. And yeah. but, and I think we are as you know thirty somethings as you and I are just <laughs> to for this podcast. Um, I think we are you know the generation before us and our generation. Yeah are still very much trailblazing. Yeah. And hopefully the generation after us, they've still got work to do. Yeah, yeah. Without It'll question. Be much easier. But they'll have less of it. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't going to be a quick change. We're not going to wake up in the morning no. and the world is going to go, oh, my God, like, disabled people are amazing. <laughs> and they're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> but, you know... No, <laughs> You know, the social model is going to take over and everybody's everybody's going to be happy. It's not going to happen. But even if, you know, I've got friends now that have just changed jobs recently and they're working as disability advisors for some of the biggest businesses yeah. in the country. Um, mutual friends of yours yeah, and yeah, mine. Um, you know, they've, they've moved out of the arts industry and are now working in the equalities industry in different places. And... It's about generational skips. So we were the first generation to go into mainstream school. Yeah. Yeah. The generation after Just us. Think about it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. The, the generation after us are going to be the first generation to, you know, I don't know, be CEOs yeah. regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, be our lawyers, be our doctors. Yeah, our, yeah. yeah. and there are still no, of doctors and lawyers. Of course, yeah, president, wives of presidents, of presidents. <laughs> you know, there there are people that are trailblazing that path already, but those people trailblazing that path are, are the make, minority uh, within the a minority, and the minority within a minority at the moment. But hopefully, with trailblazing that path, they're going to make it easier. For the generation after of course. us, because you you've got to think in in British history, we were still locked up in institutions fifty years ago. Oh, I know. You know, we we disabled, scary deaf and disabled people and people with mental health issues were still locked away yeah. in asylums in a corner somewhere. Scary. Yeah. Okay, so we're not going to solve this overnight, but for those deaf and disabled people that can. And want to put yourself out there, join join the fight, yes, and help um, make yeah. the change because guess... it's going to be generational jumps. Hopefully, you know, I still live in hope that a Hollywood film studio is going to ring me up and be like, "Damn, <laughs> trailblazer!" Sorry, that wasn't. A... Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, love. 
That was yeah. just more. That was a. That was a nervous laugh. Sorry. Uh, um, yeah, but you know. I'm hoping that one day that Hollywood studio will ring me up and be like, come Trailblaze, come be the lead in this new film that's going to be a multi-million box office success and we'll, we'll blow the doors off. And but there's going to be nothing about your disability. No, exactly. Indeed, at all. indeed. That would As be... That would be, not just, that would be wonderful. And your character has nothing to do indeed. with... That would be snacks. absolutely wonderful. Well, I would say, if I may like just say final thoughts, I'm very... Um, Conscious that we've been rambling for an awful long time. Not rambling, giving words of wisdom and wiseness. Indeed, but, but it is the 10th episode. I so it is the 10th episode. Yeah, but I would like to say um, if you have had doors slammed in your face, uh, you know, don't be disgruntled, but also, you know, make your own, um, you know, make your own path. So the, the, the joy of living in the world that we live in is that even if you can't get out as much as you want, or you know you struggle kind of getting getting into buildings or, or, or what I'm challenging you face it's like technology now is such an amazing thing that you can make your own opportunities that's what I wanted to say start writing your own blog you know start mm. investing in social media mm. you you shape your own narrative don't let other people do it for you and I think that's the one saving grace of having an impairment or being, you know, um, uh, blind or, uh, or deaf in this in this era, mm. is that actually we can shape where we want to go. Mm. Don't you agree? Uh, yeah, I agree. And I also want to say, you know, when I talk to kids with disability, I'm like, I'm excited for you. Yeah. I know it's going to be tough, but I'm excited for you because... I mean, it's 2019, and I managed to be world's first something. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, you have, can you imagine how many opportunities you have? You yeah, yeah. countries wow. first, you cities first, you world's first in so many areas. Mm. Thanks to your that you you know have something special, special yeah. something different about you. And what helped me is whatever you you hear now, whatever you know, it's 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 not about you. Just keep. Keep thinking about it, keep knowing mm. that, and keep not, you know, not letting anyone to think that it's it's not you not good enough, or it's about you, it's not about you. Mm. It's about as how many, you know, tries you do, you, you do. Mm-hmm. and at some point, you definitely will meet the people who think the same way. Of course. And who will buy into your vision, mm. and who will buy into your passion. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it might be as... You said you had in your career, you, you, you stuck for for a moment and then for for some time. Mm-hmm. And you sometimes it's good to, to take a break. Yeah. To take care of yourself, to take a break. And but then if there's something which is your calling, as I would say, mm-hmm. you come back to it yes, and you keep knocking and just remember it's it's not about you. Mm-hmm. You you're you're fabulous and you're doing your best. Yeah. Hey hey, and on that note. Alexandra, it's been an absolute pleasure. It was really fun. Um, I know we're gonna I'm looking for an invitation for the late night show. I know <laughs> we need to get the late night show. We keep talking about this. We late really night do, show. and the naked show as well. But the I don't night- know oh. right now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it might not happen. But um, thank you for making our tenth episode such a remember remember that word. <laughs> Memorable, I think. It's been a long week. <laughs> um and yeah, I, I I'm I'm so glad that we got to do this and hopefully we will um be doing more fun things in the future. 
Um, but I think I'm really hungry now as well. Shock horror. You um, hungry I just really want the crisps that have been in front of me for this whole time. Um, so from myself and Dan and Life Downloaded, thank you so, so much. Thank I you. hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, listening to you guys. <laughs> um, and yes, listeners, thank you for joining us on this um, triumphant episode triumphant 10 triumphant 10 oh there we go, there go. triumphant 10 and feel free to reach out if there is anything yes. you would like yes to yeah. um, what, what you are your social media yeah, social do your media. social what media you where can people find you ah, on instagram on facebook and on linkedin yeah is that just your name uh, yeah, Alexandra Kudus. Yeah, yeah. If you, right. if, you, if you Google, if you Google that. If you Google that. If you Google you that. Go. You've got to go and do your plug. Amazing. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you for episode 11. See you soon. Bye, guys.